listening to episode 20 of the Drawing the Ideal Self podcast. This is January 2022 edition. So today we're going to look at another paper by Tom Ravenette. Interestingly, Tom's only got one book of his collected papers. I have found these to be the most useful resource in terms of applying PCP of all the books that I've read. There are other books that are useful, but this one I come back to time and time again. And I was rereading this particular paper and thought it would be interesting to share that with you and see where it takes you in terms of the way you do your work. So the paper is called Who Are You? A Structure for Exploring a Sense of Self. And Tom wrote this in 1989. It was one of the things that really led me to think about doing Draw the Ideal Self. So this approach essentially is a conversational approach, but you would want to write down the responses that people make. And it's based on asking for statements about the self. So Tom said that he had found in his work that uh, asking for statements means that people tend to give something which falls into one of two groups. One was a categorical description such as a name or a status or a personal quality like being clever or kind. And then there was a what sort of person are you, which needed a personality description. So these two together are the core of this approach. Um, And Tom talks about asking for three statements and how he based that on a paper by Bugenthal, who had done a postal inquiry that he had used to find out from a sample of adults who they were. So they asked for who are you to be answered with three statements. And Tom talks about the importance of three. He says that seemed to be an essential part of the invitation. To ask for three answers implies that there may be many more than three possibilities and that the client has freedom to be selective in what he, she may choose to give, in how to present himself or herself. The invitation to three, therefore, became integral to the whole of the subsequent structure of the interview. Ravenet makes four really important points that are related to this approach. If we're asking people to give us a sense of who they are, then we need to know what the contrast is. So in saying that they are kind, he says, what does it deny? So they might be saying, I am kind of rather than. You can think of it like that. Then what does it imply further? And he points out that laddering and pyramiding are useful for that sort of exploration. He talks as well about what's the context in which the statement makes sense. So it could be different kinds of context. But that's very much concerned with the question of personal relevance. So somebody might give uh, an explanation. I had this happen, actually. A young lad who said that he was um, in danger of hurting somebody. It turned out when I did some laddering, he'd got an uncle who he looked like. And he was terrified that he'd be like his uncle because his uncle was in prison for manslaughter. So that context for him was really relevant. And without doing the ladder, actually, I wouldn't have found out. Then we can look at how important the statement is in the client's view of things. He says it's certainly the case that the client should be listened to carefully 
but it is not necessarily true that every statement that is made carries equal importance. In fact, sometimes its importance may well be denied, and we do not know unless we ask. So, in terms of a sense of self, Ravenette says this, The use of the word sense in the expression sense of self is intended to convey the meaning of the perhaps rather loose notion, intuitive awareness. The expression has the added value of being free of the accumulated luggage that is attached to the more familiar self-concept. A sense of self lies behind all our actions and colours our interpretations of the multitude of situations in which we find ourselves. Witness the positive or negative feelings attendant upon confirmation or disconfirmation of our expectations. The personal sense of self also varies from situation to situation because happenings that validate or invalidate it may vary in meaning and implication according to their spatial or temporal context. For example, events that, say, a teacher might find especially pleasing or hurtful in front of a class may lose all relevance within recreational or family contexts. Alternatively, those same events may carry different effective connotations if they occur first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon, at the beginning of a term or at the end. To put this more generally, a person's sense of self is at stake according to the nature of the event and the situation. I think that's really helpful because we need to think that a person doesn't exist in a vacuum and that they can be constantly one thing. Uh, and at times we have vulnerabilities that we don't have at other times. It, it does depend on the context. So Ravenet goes on to talk about the importance of any kind of elaboration or technique having the potentiality for change. So he says, ideally techniques of personal inquiry should contain not only information for the interviewer, but the potential for change for the client. That's interesting because some of the things that psychologists or assessors of any kind or teachers or social workers do in terms of trying to help people, doesn't necessarily promote change in this very active way. Um, for instance, if you're going to do um, a cognitive assessment of somebody, will that promote change? I mean, it's unlikely to, I would think. It, it could validate or invalidate certain constructions of self uh, in a, either a helpful or unhelpful way. It isn't necessarily designed to do that, though. It's designed to provide the person doing the assessment with information, much more than the person the assessment is being done with. And PCP is very different from that. You know, I've taken a very stark example. Um, but also, some assessments are working through a process which doesn't necessarily have the potential to lead anywhere for somebody. So PCP really tries to get away from that. Tom also pointed out that one of the ways that change can be promoted is through exploring contrasts. So the contrast pole to, to constructs is very important because then you're understanding what the construct is and what its limitations are, potentially, um, which is its range of convenience. So what you're going to apply it to um, and where it might be useful. 
But that contrast gives you more information about that first um, emergent pole of a construct. The other thing that happens is uh, change can happen just from going through a structured interview where the client has to look systematically at a number of issues that have previously been ignored. Uh, and I had this experience recently in a session with a child. One of the issues was uh, how he felt when he was in bed in the dark at night on his own and he didn't really want to explore that. I'm going to come back to it in a different kind of way. But it was very clear because as soon as he'd answered a question about, yes, he did have nightmares, he asked me a question that was something completely different, quite skilled at shifting the topics on. Um, but obviously that was something that touched a nerve with him and we need to go quite gently with it. The other thing that Tom stresses is this. It cannot be too strongly stressed that this inquiry into a sense of self is invitational. In other words, the client can decline to accept the invitation. Nonetheless, when the invitation is put into the context of problems to be solved, as in a consultation or therapy or experiential workshops, the invitation is usually accepted. There are limits, however, as to how far the exploration should go with any individual and his or her reticence should be respected. This is especially true in workshops where the exploration will probably be in front of others. You know, that very much applies to the young person that I saw. I need to be thinking, does that need to be explored? And how am I going to go about it? Um, is it that that person is experiencing a sense of threat and that's why they're moving the subject on so that he doesn't have to deal with that at the moment. So it could be a big thing. It could also be something more straightforward that he might be embarrassed to admit the extent of his nightmares um, or thinking that it's irrelevant. So un until we have further sessions, I won't really know. It could be the content of the nightmares which he has not yet made explicit to anybody. I'll see what happens over time and see if that becomes something that was really important and very relevant or if it was something that he thought was irrelevant, which is why he moved the subject on. The way to use this approach is described in the appendix for the paper, where there are three techniques to explore a sense of self. And these are his questions. So he says that there are three root questions who are you? What sort of person are you? And what sort of person do other people say that you are? And then secondly, in order to know what lies behind a description, we also need to know what, in a personal as opposed to semantic sense, it denies, i.e. its contrast. What it implies, which may include the kind of events that justify the description, the circumstances under which it makes sense and its experimental basis and its personal importance. So what you have to do to follow the approach is ask for answers to the, these root questions, the three root questions, and then record the answers on a piece of paper. Uh, he suggests that you record the answers on the left and then the contrast poles on the right. And then you leave space underneath for the elaborations. So this means that you can work on the same piece of paper. You're following the, the technique, so it's gradually emerging. So you will have answer, 
contrast space, answer contrast space on the paper. His questions are very straightforward actually, which I think is always part of Tom's genius. What I'm going to do is add the appendix which has all the instructions into the show notes so you'll be able to download it and have a look for yourself. I think that's the best way for you to get the hang of this technique and to work through it. And I would suggest that you do it on yourself first. And that's the way I always suggest you try things because you get an idea of whether it makes you feel really uncomfortable, whether it's okay. It doesn't tell you everything about the client's likely experience, but it certainly gives you an idea of how tricky it might be to run through and gets you to practice it as well. So he has a structured interviewing for exploring a sense of self and three techniques. So this focuses on the three root questions. Who are you? What sort of person are you? And what sort of person do other people say that you are? And he says, in order to know what lies behind a description, we need to know also what, in a personal as opposed to a semantic sense, it denies, i.e. its contrast. What it implies, which may include the kind of events that justify the description. The circumstances under which it makes sense and its experimental basis and then its personal importance. He tells you in this description how to lay out the stuff on the page. So basically you ask the root questions such as, I would like to know who you are. If I were to say, who are you? What are three things you would say? And then they would give a reply to that. Uh, and then you explore the contrast and then you explore why it's important. So on the page, on the left, you will have the emergent pole, the construct that they gave you. So let's say that's good. On the right hand side, you will have the contrast. In this case, it might be bad. And then you would have underneath each of those a space that you can do the elaboration. So when you're laying it out, although you may ask the three questions first, you need to think about how you're laying it out on the page so that you leave enough space for you to go back and fill in the details. I think that's important because I think that adds to the flow of the interview. And Tom points out that the client may repeat information. So if you're asking uh, for information about themselves, you may find that the constructs they're giving pop up again and again. So his three techniques are one, I would like to know who you are. If I were to say to you, who are you? What three things would you say? Two, this time, I would like to know not just who you are, but what sort of person you are. If I were to ask you what sort of person are you, what three things would you say? Technique three, I would like to explore with you how you think other people might see you. If I were to ask what your mother, father, siblings, peer group, teacher, up to seven or eight people, what sort of boy or girl you are, what three things would she, etc. say? For adults, he suggests that you use a selection from the client's significant others. For example, parents, spouses, friends, etc. Up to seven or eight people. When you've got three responses, then you move on to the exploration. Now, I think the interesting thing about this is this takes one and a half sides of paper to explain. But the power of his interview is enormous. So he's very good at designing something that could produce really big amounts of information in terms of understanding somebody's construing. 
and through a conversational approach, be able to explore something that actually does really matter and can lead to somebody going, ah, yes, I get it now. I know why I do that or hadn't really thought of it that way or, um, wow, that's interesting. Uh, And I think that kind of recognition of, ah, yes, this is doing something and it is showing me something is so important and that can happen at any point in PCP work but I think Tom's particular style leads to it being easy to see. Personally I also find it helpful that you write something down and that you share that with the person they can see it too. For me I want to remember the words that they used not the words I think they used Um, so I will write down their words exactly as far as possible And um, having it on a piece of paper and laid out actually helps it to be remembered more easily. So what I would suggest you do with this is the next time you're thinking, okay, how can I explore a sense of self with this person? That you have a go using these three techniques. Ideally, you would try it on yourself, try it on somebody who's a willing person for you to practice it with, and then try it on a person you're working with. I think that's pretty important because you want a sense of flow and comfort with the way that you're asking the questions. And the other thing, of course, in a truly PCP way, is this is the way Tom would ask these questions. You may have a different way that suits your style better, but says the same thing. Providing you're not changing the meaning, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so I'm hoping that that might be useful um, in your actual work with people and that it's something you can have a go at pretty quickly. You might find very interesting things from just exploring it with yourself. Right. Next month, I have an interview with Ian Gilman-Smith, who is a social worker. So I'm hoping all of you people who are social workers out there will give it a particular listen. But it's going to have things that are useful for everybody. So I look forward to seeing you then. Hope you have a good month. Bye. Thank you.